It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Does that ring a bell, ladies and gentlemen, this Friday afternoon? Does that ring a bell with you? Does it bring you back to your youth? Do you remember them, Laurel and Hardy? Oh, my God, I'll tell you, it makes me smile when I even think about them. And, of course, Stan and Ollie, starring John C. Riley as Oliver Hardy and Steve Coogan playing Stan Laurel, uh, opened in cinemas here a week ago, and it's been really warmly received. They were legends, comics well before their time, and they toured Ireland towards the end of their careers in the early 1950s. Shortly before coming on air today, I spoke with Declan Murray from Meath, who has a lovely story about Laurel and Hardy, which goes back to his late mum and dad's wedding. I believe that they... they, I'm not not 100% sure now about their um, wedding reception, but I think when they were married in 1930... Uh, the wedding receptions in the Royal Marine. And I do know, uh, for example, that uh, Mum and Dad used to regularly visit the hotel. And it was just, I think, on the time when Laurel and Hardy were there, it was just a coincidental visit. They happened to go into the hotel and uh, only then realised when they were there that Laurel and Hardy were actually staying in the hotel. So it was a complete accident that they bumped into them? It was, yes. As, as far as I know now, I mean... I was only 12 at the time, so <laughs> you have to make some allowances for my, my current age and memory. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, and you may not know this, or maybe you do, that at that time they were playing the Olympian Dublin and they actually stayed in the Royal Marine during that time for a month. I, I, I know that now. I didn't know it at the time, obviously. But uh, a couple of years, two or three years ago, I subscribed, I won't say not subscribed, but I, I linked on to um, a Facebook page on the uh, Darlin Hardy page. And uh, so I've learned a lot about uh, the activities of Laurel and Hardy, um, you know, that they came to Ireland when, when they actually arrived in on the boat. Uh, the bells, I'm not sure was it into Cork or into Dunleary, but the bells of the local church were themed to play one of the Laurel and Hardy tunes. Do you know where that was? That was actually Cove they came that's, into. Yeah, that's, that, that was my first understanding, it was into Cove. And then at a later stage, someone told me that it was Dunleary, but I wasn't never convinced about that. <laughs> now, yeah. you were, as a child, a massive Laurel and Hardy fan. Uh, I was, in the sense, and I'll tell you how it all happened. Um, my father, uh, Cormac Murray, we, we lived just outside Navan in, in Arthala, and my father was an, 
a very enthusiastic photographer. First of all, with still uh, photographs, and later on, moving on to, to uh, movies. And uh, he used to take lots of photos of, of um, us, you know, as children growing up around the house in our sala and uh, at various various activities, as you can understand. And even things like they, they made the football final in 1949. There's little clips of that. I know someplace, someplace in the house. But uh, anyway, Dad um, was involved in, in photography and was well known around the area for doing that. And the parish priest of Screen at the time, Father Jerry Cooney, um, knew Dad. He was a friend, of the, a family friend. And he, he was there one night when we were showing uh, some of the family films. And Father Cooney asked Dad, said, is there any chance you'd be able to come along to the parish hall on Screen and uh, show some films for us? And they, that invitation was accepted. Dad, along with my brother Donald and sister Bernadette and another brother Fergus, I, I was the youngest in the family, so they um, went along with Dad sometimes to actually show the films uh, in, in the hall. Now, the thing about it was that the films being shown in the hall and screen were, uh, we had to, the arrangement was they would be collected from the National Film Institute in Dublin, and uh, we would bring them home. That Not so much Dad. I think it was Donald who was actually in university. My eldest brother is dead now, Lord Mercy now. He used to collect the films from the Institute and bring them home when he was coming home for the weekend. So we had the films in our house on a Saturday evening. And, of course, we had the projector at home, so the natural thing was that uh, Dad would put on on these commercial films. Mostly it was long films, uh, cowboy films, um, Hopalong Cassidy, The Lone Ranger, and all of those type of things. But the interesting thing was before that, there was always a short film before it, on a separate reel, and it was invariably it was Laurel and Hardy. So we have, were in the glorious position at that stage in the, in the 1950s of having private viewings, if you like, in the, our sitting room at home, beside the kitchen, um, of these films of Laurel and Hardy. And, you know, there are so many of them now, I can't, I can't remember all of them, but uh, look, looking at uh, films recently on, t- on TV, the short snippets, it brings back so much glorious memories of, of those, those days. Isn't this just a marvellous story? You had your own private viewings. And then your dad, uh, Cormac, in effect, he was the local cinema. You know, screen is, in the screen is the number about eight or nine miles away from, from where, we, where we lived. So it, wasn't, it was a private cinema, really. Yeah, it was at that time, you know. And obviously people flocked to it because there were days when, like you look at cinema today, my God, it's night and day. But in those days, I'm sure it was a vital uh, component of community life there. Well, I'm not so much in, in the house at home. I mean, there were mostly family members and relatives that come along. Yes, but when he but, went to show them then in screen. Oh, when he went to show them then. Oh, gosh, yes, yeah. That was in the parish hall in screen. So I know that Dad and, and uh, my sister Bernadette was still, still in her cell, actually, and Donald and my other brother, Fergus. They were also involved in, in the, the actual projection. So they'd go along on the Sunday evening to set up the projector with the various the sound system and wires trading all over the place on it. At that stage, Declan, uh, Laurel and Hardy were absolutely huge in America and all over the world. And those black and white slapstick uh, short films that came to uh, Europe and Ireland were huge as well. Now, that was where your love affair with these guys began. Let's go back then to the Royal Marine Hotel, the 7th of October, 1953. And your mum in particular, uh, she was there and spotted Laurel, wasn't she? That's that's what I believe. Now, I wasn't there, so it's it's hearsay from what I'm saying. But uh, yes, she was there with, with, with Daddy. 
and uh, in the lobby of the hotel. And uh, I think they went in for a meal on, on the day. And uh, she spotted uh, Stan Laurel walking around and uh, went over and asked him, was there any possibility that um, you know, could get an autograph for her youngest son, Declan? And he was very, very amenable. He said, of course, yes, yes. So kind of, I think, you know, will you get me something to sign for it? I can put my name on it. So mum went to the uh, reception desk in the hotel and got a sheet of uh, headed notepaper, Royal Marine Hotel, Dublin, and, and even had the old telephone number written on it. And I think you have a photo that you're going to put up on your, on your website. We have. Yeah. So they had that. And then to make their, their autographs authentic, they had a sticker, which is a little bit bigger than a stamp, but the, you know, a big stamp. And he licked that and stuck it onto the uh, headed notepaper and just simply wrote, Hello, Declan. Uh, and then underneath that, Stan Laurel. Now, the spelling of my name, Declan, Mum had also went then. She, she asked um, Laurel, um, is there any chance there? Where's, where's Hardy? You know, you're, you're a duo. Where's the, where's the other guy, kind of? And uh, Laurel said, oh, well, he, he's upstairs. And then Mum asked me, is there any chance um, you could get him to, to sign something as well? And Laurel said, he agreed. He said yes. And uh, so Mum got another uh, piece of paper. She actually got a postcard of the hotel from the reception desk. And um, Laurel immediately put the sticker on the back of the postcard and again wrote, hello, Declan. And he brought the postcard up to uh, wherever Laurel was upstairs, not Laurel Hardy, the other member of the duo. And uh, he signed it. So brought it back down and gave it to Mum. And, and that's the, the, the what you see on, on the card, the back of the card. I sent in yesterday the, um, the photo of that card, front and back, and it's, it's, it's interesting when you look at the actual photograph of the hotel, um, you see a cloud of smoke coming out of a chimney on the left, on the right hand side. It's, it's really funny looking back at it from, from that era in 1953. It certainly is. Yeah. And we thank you for what you sent to us as well. It's marvellous. Do you remember, and I know you're casting your mind back some time, yeah. when they arrived back and presented you with this? Well, <laughs> obviously I was thrilled. But I, I, I can't remember the, the exact details uh, I, I don't know how my, my brothers and sisters. I was the youngest member of the family. There's a kind of a four four year gap between myself and, and the next member, Enoch. Unfortunately, she's dead too now. But yeah, I was the youngest member of the family, and I don't really remember what the, the reaction was uh, from my my brothers and sisters. But uh, I'd, I'd say they were a bit jealous, Jerry. I'd say they absolutely yeah. were. Yeah. Do you know you have something really unique? You do indeed, and I'm sure you treasure it. I do absolutely. You know, a, a couple of years ago, I, I looked at it and said, gosh, you know, Laurel and Hardy, they were very famous. I wonder, is there, is there any money value uh, to these articles? Now, stop, don't let anybody get any ideas. I'm not selling them. <laughs> They're going to go on to the next generation. My, my grand, some of my grandchildren will benefit from them. I believe at the time, authenticated autographs, those autographs with the, the actual sticker pictures stuck onto them, uh, were being sold in the region of uh, five to $800. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And, you know, they're only going to become more valuable with time. And now with the new movie, of course, they're in the news yet again. Do you know this, Declan, today as we talk, that it is actually the anniversary of the birth of Oliver Hardy today? I, well, I do, yes. Not, not that I knew it beforehand, Jerry, but I do know it now from just being on that uh, Laurel and Hardy appreciation group. 
Yes, the 18th of January. He was actually born in 1892 and he lived until 1957. And Stan Laurel was born in 1890 and he actually lived until February 1965. He lived about um, eight yeah. years or more beyond the other lad. Yeah, he lived, yeah. I think for, for uh, Oliver Hardy, he had health problems in the yeah. Like, you know, most people kind of visualise him as this big, uh, uh, I won't say overweight, but a hefty man. Uh, but apparently, in the years leading up to his, his uh, unfortunate death, he, he lost an awful lot of weight. He was just a shadow of his former self. Absolutely. Yeah. Final question: yeah. Are you going to go and see Stan and Ollie? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I was watching. I don't know. I suppose a lot of people would have seen them on the Late Late Shows with Ryan Tuberty. Yeah. And that impromptu performance they gave of that singing that song, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Ah, listen, it's yeah. something that, you know, people of all generations yeah. should go and see because they were marvellous. They were so yeah. ahead of their time. They yeah. were legends in Hollywood, in the world, really, with their slapstick comedy. It's they, it's wonderful they, they're being remembered again. Yeah, they were indeed. And, and, and uh, you know, I really, I really enjoyed, first of all, about having the autographs, but uh, just the memory of, you know, when it comes back to me, looking at the, at the films, little snippets I see, even on that Facebook page, it's... it's <laughs> It brings sometimes a tear to my eye because you don't see that sort of slapstick comedy again at all. Isn't it marvellous to think today that yeah. County Mead, you and County Mead, have a link back to the halcyon days of Laurel and Hardy with those wonderful, wonderful autographs. And well done to your mum, Kit, and your dad, Cormac, oh, who were there absolutely, on that yeah, day. Yeah. I, I feel very lucky indeed to have those. You certainly yeah, are. Yeah. Declan, thank you so much for taking time to tell us your lovely yeah. story on Late Lunch today. You're very welcome, Jerry. What a lovely man he is. Talked to him just before coming on air today. Thanks a million, Declan Murray, for telling us your story. And if you want to check out those autographs, they are. You can see them. They're on LMFM's social media. Check out our social media pages on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. And you'll see uh, what Declan actually has. They're precious. They really are. Oh, my God. Louise, you're a young woman. Laurel and Hardy, did they ever figure on your radar? Everybody needs a Laurel and Hardy in their life, don't they? <laughs> They're brilliant. Are you uh, favourite? Oh, uh, look, I, I just loved both of them. I love the little fella, I have to say. The he looked so he innocent and always, you know, on the wrong side of things. And the other fella was so big, you know what I mean? And burly and his looks and everything at poor. Was it Hardy stand. that used to do? Mm-hmm. That's him. That, that was Hardy. That was Oliver Hardy. And the other one, when he did yeah. the hair and put his fingers through his hair when he was in trouble or whatever. Brilliant. But some of the movies, I remember them as a child. There was one were trying to get a piano up steps. Uh, they were trying to get this piano from the bottom of the steps. Well, you'd want to watch this the way that... And when they got to the top, guess what? <laughs> Came all the way back down to the bottom again and smashed in pieces on the ground. They were removal men. They were removed. And of course, Rockabye, wasn't there one with a baby? I love that one. Yeah, yeah. With the baby It was really high-pitched. Well. Oh, my God almighty. But they, they, they were, as Declan said there, cinematic days. There was a, a little movie before the main movie in the early days of cinema. And they were those, so right. they were. you know. But you know the sad thing about them? And this movie, the new movie, which I hear is brilliant and reflects this, was it's about their, their, their latter years when they came to Ireland and they really were down on their luck. Do you know what I mean? At yeah. that stage, they were down on their luck. They were in real trouble at that stage, you know, because the, the money ran out. I think they were getting no royalties from all the movies they made and were it's showing terrible. in America. They got nothing from them, so they did. And it was really shocking for them to finish up. And the little fellow, as we said, Stan Laurel, was back really at base because he toured Britain and Ireland because he was born in England, you know, right. in in his early years before they made fame and were successful in America. But 
you smile, do you, when you, when you oh, hear yeah. Laurel and, and Hardy? Oh, yeah, and it's horrible hearing that story, mm, isn't yes, it? it? It's so is. ironic. It really is indeed. Have you memories of Laurel and Hardy? Do you remember them? Have you watched them? Are you fans of theirs? If you'd like to say anything, don't forget you can interact with us every day. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp, it's free, or text it there as well. You can call in on 1850-715-958. On a mountain in Virginia Stands a lonesome pine Just below is the cabin home Of a little girl of mine Her name is June and very, very soon She'll belong to me For I know she's waiting there for me Neath that lone pine tree the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia On the trail of the lonesome pine In the pale moonshine Our hearts entwine Where she carved her name And I carved mine Or June, or June Just like, like the mountains are blue Like the pine I am lonesome for you In the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, on the trail of the lonesome pine, in the pale moonshine, our hearts entwine, where she carved her name and I carved mine, oh June. Like the mountains, I'm blue like the pine. I am lonesome for you. In the cold blue ridge mountains of Virginia, on the trail of the lonesome pine. Oh my God, if that hasn't a smile on your face, I don't know what to say. Yes, trail of the lonesome pine, 19... 19- 37 from the movie Way Out West. Now, believe it or not, there is a fan club, a Laurel and Hardy fan club in Ireland and the man who's going to tell me all about it is the man who set it up many moons ago. Liam Muldowney's on the line. Hello, Liam. How are you doing, Jerry? How are you going? I am very good. Thank you so much for joining me on the show not today. Not at all. This began with the late Jerry Ryan, did it on his radio show? It certainly did. I was driving along one day, listening to the Jerry Ryan show, and a little lady came on the show and she said, can you tell me, there's a Laurel and Hardy movie with Shirley Temple in it. Which one was it? Now, I knew that that wasn't true because I'd only watched the movie in question the night before, and it was another little girl who looked very, very like Shirley Temple, so I decided to phone in and and put, put it right. And he asked me at the time, are you president of the Laurel and Hardy Society or something? And I said I wasn't. I said, because there isn't a club in Ireland. And anyway, the, the conversation went on. I put the phone down and I said, there isn't a club in Ireland, but there will be by the end of the year. And tw- that was 20 years ago. Good man yourself. And, you know, when you think 20 years, we haven't got all the newfangled technology we have today. Correct. Uh, Correct. People wrote to you, didn't they? You got letters people, from people. People wrote to me. The, the internet was in its infancy. I went into pretty much every video store in Dublin and asked them could I put leaflets in all the videos and a lot of them allowed me to do so. And so the phone started to ring and letters started to drop through the door and there are still some of those original members in the club today. 
Isn't it terrific? What do you make of this? Did you realise the tsunami of goodwill and happiness and joy that this new movie would bring? And a, a revamp for you guys as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Sure, we've known that for years. Yes. That's the message that the, the Sons of the Desert, which is the name of the club, uh, the organisation, has been trying to get across since Stan set it up in 1965. It's, it's, there's just... It's innocent humour, it's simple humour. You don't have to think about the gags, you can get them instantly. You can bring your granny, you can bring your child. It's just simple, simple stuff. And they're just lovely, lovely movies, you know. Liam, have you been to see the new one? I have. I went to the premiere just before Christmas, so I got a sneak preview before anybody else did. And have to say, there was a little tear shed at the end of it. And uh, it's an absolutely lovely, lovely movie. And that's not just a biased opinion. It really is a fantastic movie. And it's, it's been proven because it, it has topped the box office in the UK last weekend. Oh, it has indeed. And, and I'm saying again, I'm going to see it myself, please God, next week. It's uh, showing really? here locally. I must see it. But I think really? back when I was a child, uh, they yeah. were staples on the TV at that stage. They, they were right. just so big. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And back in the days when there were three or four channels uh, and they, they were repeated, you know, practically every Every Christmas they were on, they were on during the summer on, on, on for kids' shows, for kids' TV. And uh, this is how it, they obviously got so well known. And then sadly, as the years progressed, more and more TV channels and you don't see as much of them anymore. But they're still there because granddads are telling their grandkids, dads are, t- are telling their kids. And then there's the likes of the clubs like us. And as soon as the kids see it, they love it, they laugh at it because they, I think they can relate to it. They can relate mm. to these two adults acting like a couple of kids in an adult world and getting away with it. And, you know, it's, it's something for everyone. It really is. It really is. You're so right there. Now, put you on the spot, you being yeah. a real fan of these guys for many Ooh. moons, if you were oh. to pick one of their movies from their repertoire, which would be your favourite? to be Sons of the Desert. It, it absolutely <laughs> yes. which, which is the one that the club is named after. It, it, ha- it just has everything. The visual gags, the verbal gags, they're trying to get one over on the wives and they sneak off to a convention. It's just fabulous. Really lovely, lovely movie. It really is. But there are so many. I was saying earlier before yeah. you joined us there, yeah. do you remember the one where they were trying to get the piano from the bottom to the top of that's, the stairs? That's right. Music Box. They actually won an Oscar for that, would you believe? That did was they? The music, the music Box in 1932. And that's the one everybody remembers. If I'm talking to someone and Larry Hardy comes into the conversation, which happens quite a lot, I have to say, they always the one where they carry the piano up and down, and it's always the music box because it's the one everyone remembers. It's just fabulous. They were yin and yang. They complemented each other so well, didn't they? they? They did. And people have said it all. He was Stan's straight man, but it wasn't like that at all. They were each other's straight man. They were each other's foil. It was. It's just. It worked. It was. They were way ahead of their time. And you don't get that sort of stuff today. Just absolutely. It is, and I'm sure with the new movie and all the publicity it's getting, you might expect a few emails or messages or WhatsApp or Twitters or Facebook stuff to say, what's this all about? Can we join? Well, do you know what? I've been getting my my social media. I have a couple of accounts on Facebook, the, the Jitterbugs Tent. That's the name of our club here in Ireland. And I've, I've slapstick.ie and I've Laurel and Hardy Ireland. And the messages have been flowing in all this week. It has really been unbelievable. People asking, what can we do? How do we join? Do we, you know, where do we go? And listen, it just laurelandhardy.ie that's the website keep an eye on that we have what we call irregular meetings throughout the year and it's literally uh, at 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon 
in, in, in Crumlin and we, we get Lauren Hardy back on the big screen and you don't have to be the biggest fan in the world you don't even have to like them although I've never met anyone who didn't you just come along and have a bit of a laugh for a couple of hours and that's what we do laurelandhardy.ie keep an eye on the website Liam you're a gentleman thank you for joining me on the show not at all take care take Jay. care of yourself bye 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 that's Liam Muldowney there the Jitterbugs Tent is the name of the Laurel and Hardy fan club in Ireland we are heading to news and weather at two and afterwards it's Margaret Madden with our book club The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park the nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk here we go again with one of the most fantastic features we do on Late Launch. Yes, it's Book Club Friday and she's with us for 2019 again. I'm delighted to say she knows her stuff. You know that already. Welcome back, Margaret Madden. Great to see you again, Margaret. Thanks, Jerry. And we are on Facebook Live. We'll say hello to everybody there. So if you want to join us on Facebook Live and come right into the studio with us, do so. You're more than welcome. Well, 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 let's begin with your first book of the month for January 2019. And don't say what you said to me a little earlier until a few moments when we talk okay. about this book but I can't believe this but anyway here we go you have picked as your book of the month for January I have picked Anne Griffin's When All Is Said and this is a debut it is now it's not it's out this week next yes. week very short coming soon yep and um, it is her debut she has written short stories and she's won um, awards for that but this is absolutely amazing. I cannot believe that it is a debut. I just can't. It's just so smooth, elegant, perfectly written, flawless, absolutely flawless. What a recommendation to start the new year with books. It revolves around a man called Morris Hannigan. It does, yeah. He's, um, what what is he, 84, and he's sitting in a bar in County Meath. It doesn't say where. Now, I was kind of picturing Slane, you know, um, but I think it's actually closer to the Dublin border. Okay. But anyway, so you get the picture. It's a, it's a rural enough area, but yet close enough to the city. So he's sitting there and having a drink in the the local hotel, which um, has a link to his past. But anyhow, he's sitting there and he decides to take make a toast to the five most important people in his life. So each chapter is a toast to that person. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, some of the words I see spoken about this book already, uh, somebody said they felt like they were sitting there with that man. Oh, yeah. Did you feel that? I did. And not only did that, but when it got to the end of Toast 4, I didn't want to move on to Toast 5. I even I even <laughs> went up onto Twitter and, and the author will probably remember this. And I was like, no, 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 I can't finish it. I just can't finish it. I can't do it tonight. I was just so in tune with Morris and what was happening in the pages of this book that I didn't want it to be over. So I put, I kept putting it off and I had a glass of wine and I was like, OK, I can do it. I can do it. I know it sounds ridiculous to be that involved in a book, but it, it, it happens. So you wanted to hold the moment. You wanted yeah, to just want it to not end. let the spook go or no. never let it end. Wow, wow, wow. Now, the five people, we can talk a little about them. Yeah. Tony, his brother, first. Tony is his brother, yeah. And so basically he's talking to him. Um, it, it's kind of written as if he's talking to them as in front of them but they're not there obviously um, and you know without spoilers let's let's just say that he misses Tony a lot big time and he yeah. had a huge part to play in his life his he daughter did. Molly Molly yes and you know straight away that this is going to be heartbreaking because Molly only lived for 15 minutes my god almighty yes. yeah died at birth yeah uh, so you know that this chapter is going to be devastating but you're so 
in Tomorrow's and his story that you just keep going. And how a little infant of, you know, that only lived a, yeah. a day, less than a day, made such an impact as well, is spectacular the way she's worked this, I know, into the book as mm-hmm. well. Noreen or Auntie Nono? Yeah, she is a sister-in-law and um, she... You know, you wouldn't have thought that she had much, much connection to them at all. But there's a there's a tiny little interlink about a coin in, in the story. Mm. And uh, she plays a very important part. Number four is Kevin, his son, who's emigrated to New Jersey in the States. Yeah, so he misses him rotten. But, big time. And, you know, he's an 84 year, 84 year old Irish man. So he's not going to have had the huggy, lovey relationship with his son that 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 you kind of see now with the younger generation. Yes. So it's his way of expressing his love to his son is is in this book. And yeah. finally, Wife Sadie is number yeah. five. Well, this was the chapter I didn't want to go to because all the way through, you know that uh, Sadie was his soulmate and, mm. and they've been through so much together. Um, yeah, so that was very, very poignant. You mentioned there about that touchy-feely, huggy thing, mm. um, Irish men to anybody, the sons, people in their lives. It still seems to be a, a characteristic that, that that is with us. But he has regrets about that, hasn't he? Does, he does, of course. Really and does. this is why he, he's talking to his son in this. And uh, he's kind of basically saying that I never didn't love you. I, you know, it's mm. just that I didn't demonstrate it. Yeah. And, you know, and I do think that older men do regret that towards the end. Yeah, you know, they, I look at my father, we lost my brother and I do, they had an awful relationship at, at, at times. And I often think of, of how different it is the next generation down. Yeah. Me and, with my son. You and know. it just shows you, it's probably brought that back to you as, as you yeah, read well, this yeah, book I think as well. It, there's something in this that's going to touch everybody. There it's, you go. I really think, and it's... um. While it's literary fiction, it's it's a really, really easy read. There's no there's nobody I can think who wouldn't like this. And finally, we have to say it, it is at a point in his life. You mentioned his age. He beat, he's beating himself up a bit that he was a, a very successful businessman oh, yeah. and worked his way up from very humble beginnings and owns all the land around yeah. the hotel. Yes. So the person who owns the hotel over the years, there's a connection there of, of rivalry and bitterness and generational mm. things. So there's loads going on in this there book is. and a fabulous story about a coin. Um, actually, the book opens with a, a thing that says "Wanted Edward VIII Gold Sovereign Coin" um, in a magazine from. 1997, you know, 1977, where somebody wants this coin really badly. Yeah. Uh, there's a story there. OK, get this book. It's coming very, very soon. And yeah, Margaret says, uh, you just heard what she said there. She's waxing lyrical, let me say, about this book. And I will say it now. I mentioned it a few moments ago. Margaret has actually indicated to me, we're only in January. <laughs> I think you did something like this last year. This could be already your book of the year. I know. Isn't that really terrible thing to say already? I think I read this on the 8th of January and I was like, oh my God. Um, Yeah. It's going to take a cracker to better this when we come to the end of the year and you decide which is the best of 2019. I did this last year as well. I picked something very early, but I was right. I kept to it. You stayed with it the whole time. So this is out. I just checked the 24th of um, of January. Pre-order, get ordering. You'll love it. We promise you. It's our book of the month on Late Lunch Book Club. It is uh, When All Is Said by Anne Griffin and Anne Mm -hmm. Congratulations to you on a wonderful debut. Let's move on because our second or your second recommendation Mm -hmm. today is another 
really positive one for you as well. You love this book also. Mm. I want to tell you that it's called, are you, you tell them what it is there. It's called Apple of My Eye by Claire Allen. Okay, very vivid colour, isn't it? The green of the apple. You see that in in even the cover. If you're with us on Facebook Live, look at it here. Look at the green on the cover of the book. Claire Allen. Now, Claire is well known for her name was Rose, which was, was that last year? That was last year. It was her first time writing uh, thrillers. Previous to that, she had written numerous uh, books in, in the popular fiction or what they call chiclet or mm. women's fiction. So after that there was a, a great anticipation for this next book yeah, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah because it came so quickly on the back of my of uh, Her Name Was Rose um, but she's done it again. She has. It's another one of these thrillers that you, you say right, I'm just going to read a little bit before I go into work or a little bit before I go to bed and then all of a sudden you look down and you're 150 pages in it and you've invested in it and there's no point in putting it down now. You know. You're yeah. worse than me on Netflix staying up till the oh, middle yeah, of the night one since I got job, it. Oh, yeah. it well, one into another. Anyway, give us a wee synopsis of the story here. There's a doctor. Yeah. The, the, she, well, she's a nurse. She's yes. a palliative care nurse. Her name is Ellie and um, she gets a letter in work in her in, in her pigeonhole, a handwritten letter, and basically this is this starts off a, a chain of events where it's somebody's implying her husband's having an affair, on, uh, you know, and um, dropping all little things like look behind you, what 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 he's doing. Uh, I can't remember the actual words yes. in the notes now, but it, basically it would be enough that it, you'd raise the hairs on the back of your neck and you'd start questioning everything your husband is doing now. Like he, he straight away he heads off to London for business for three nights, but it's on a weekend. You know why? why? Oh yeah. yes, you know this kind of thing. The questions arise immediately. Yeah. So um, then you get then you get chapters from a, an unknown called Louise, and she's like, "Why is this woman pregnant? Why she doesn't deserve to be pregnant? I deserve this baby." And you know, oh God, there's something going on here. Is she the letter writer? She well, you see, you, you better have read to, it. Yeah, um, find out. You don't know really. This is the thing no, about this. No, you, you can't make that assumption. Uh, you know, you have to read on. Yeah, and there's, you know, so Ellie calls her mom. Her mom lives in Belfast. Ellie lives in Derry. So she's like, "Come and stay with me. I'm just, I don't know what's going on. I'm." 32 weeks pregnant I'm terrified I'm scared my husband's cheating on me so the mum comes down to stay so then you get chapters from Angela who is her mum as yes. well so you've got the three different voices going through Okay yeah. so there's a triangle going on here yeah. Oh you know when you put yourself put yourself in anyone's shoes that gets a message like that that starts to create doubt in their minds you're pregnant with a baby you're going through yeah, all that entails Yeah your hormones are all over oh the place my God and Almighty. all the way through poor Ellie it has awful hyperemesis which I had when I was pregnant it's where you're constantly sick it's not just morning sickness it's 24 hour sickness for the full nine months you know you can't eat or drink so then you start wondering are the things that are in your mind are they really happening or are you just dehydrated or you know so there's loads of little uh, twists and turns in this and um, I think if for, for people who loved um, BA Paris behind closed doors that kind of grasping Ooh, one more one more page one more page yeah for sure <laughs> this is for you for mm. sure and the characters fair to say there's lovely characters in this book but they go to the vile side as well don't they you have both yeah you do but I think you need that in a good thriller yes, don't you you have to have, have the to good have versus it. the bad um, if everything was great it would be a different genre it really would <laughs> there you have it highly recommended by Margaret Madden out a next week brilliant thriller out next week and she will be with us on late lunch the following week she's popping in for a chat Claire Allen it's called The Apple of My Eye a brilliant book as well we're heading to a short break but before we do uh, would you like to win our uh, gift pack of books here they are there's our gift pack of books this afternoon the 
Liar's Girl is one of them. We have Rory Stories there as well. Look at this one. This is one of Margaret Madden's yeah. favourite <laughs> by Royal it. Appointment yeah. there as well. Truth and There Great. and uh, Fintan O'Toole, Heroic Failure. Would you like that book pack today on Late Lunch? Here's how you can win it. I'm jumping the gun a bit here, but sure, I'll do it anyway. The Bridges of Madison County. We're going to be talking about that as a classic with spoiler. Margaret in a few minutes. A little spoiler, all right. <laughs> but I was trying to think of a question. Here's the question to win the books. The movie, The Bridges of Madison County, Kira Courtney's favourite of all time, I can tell you, starred Meryl Streep. She was nominated for an Oscar. And which other famous male actor? Who was the male actor in the Bridges of Madison County? Answers, please. WhatsApp. It's free. 086-1800-658. That's the text number as well. Get in touch with us as soon as you can. Send in your answers. More from Margaret. Brilliant books after the break. Book Club, late lunch this Friday afternoon. Margaret Madden with her recommendations. Already she's named, uh, when all is said, by Anne Griffin as our book of the month. The thriller is The Apple of My Eye by Claire Allen. She says it's brilliant. Let's move on now to uh, non-fiction. And my God almighty, Margaret, you brought it all back to me when you said you were going to talk about this one. Marie Fleming, uh, An Act of Love. Yeah, this is... I'm sure everybody remembers the story of Marie Fleming who um, took a case against the Irish state to lift the ban on assisted suicide. Um, She was in the last stages of MS and um, her partner Tom and herself knew that this was what they wanted to do. Um, She wasn't going to be able to end her own life. She didn't have the physical capability to do it and she wanted Tom to do it for her when the moment was ready. So, this yeah. raises many ethical questions, of course, this book, and, and does. Yeah, even even now, of yes. course, it does. Yeah. And, and, you know, I have to say, uh, I never realised about this woman, and Maya Culpa, her mum left the family when they were quite young, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, you know, I didn't know any of this about um, uh, Mary either. Uh, the first part of the book is basically looking back. She had written this before she mm. she got very ill, and it's at her, her, oh my God, she had a really difficult start to her life. Her mum obviously suffered from mental health issues, you know, it's, yes. it's, it, hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Mm. But left her and her her siblings with her, their dad. And, and this has gone back donkey's years. There was no facilities for them. They, she basically raised the kids herself and then found herself pregnant at 16. As a teenager yeah. herself. Yeah. Had that baby, looked after that child. And then but to get to keep that child, she had to fight her local priest. They were signing to put it up for adoption. She had awful experiences in maternity hospital. It brought a lot back to me, actually, because I was also pregnant um, as a teenager and went through some a lot of the things she did with mm. the religious kind of aspect and the treatment. This is back in the 80s. Yeah. yeah so it was yeah. a very tough time for her. But she, she went through it all, came out the other side, educated mm-hmm. herself, bettered herself in her life. And then to be cast this shocking illness. Yeah, and uh, and the breakdown of her marriage first to her first husband. Um, yeah, she really, it was an unexpected thing as well. It wasn't, um, I, I, as, as the, the listeners know now, I have MS, but I have a different type to what she's been diagnosed mm. with. She knew that hers was going to end up with her being in a wheelchair and stuff, whereas I'm hoping mine is being stopped in its track. Yes. But it was still a very emotional read for me because I, I was going through the symptoms she was going through and, and going, oh my God. But knowing that she was going to end up in a situation where she couldn't even choose to take her own life um, 
was pretty mm. horrendous. An Act of Love by Marie or Mary Fleming. Mm. It's highly recommended by Margaret again. Beautiful, today. You know, a she real, was a beautiful writer, yes, I have to say. Yeah. True life story. Uh, one, if you want to find out more about this wonderful, brave woman who passed away mm. in uh, 2013. That's the one today. Now, we're moving on uh, to... Uh, the um, popular fiction, as yeah. you call it. And it's yeah. this one is Echoes of Grace by Cara Bell. It is. Now, I, um, you know, I send you the email and normally I'd say on it women's fiction. I'm kind of sick of saying women's fiction. Do you know what? We'll just, let's just call it popular fiction. It doesn't yes. matter whether it was written for a woman, by a woman, whatever. It's just a book. It's a bit of fun and Simple. it's popular. Um, Echoes of Grace is the new one out from Cara Bell. She has other ones, but I had never heard of her um, before. This one um, came into the post to me and the cover drew me straight away. But in reading it, I have to say the cover actually really doesn't represent the story at all. So just put that out there. Um, this is a bit of fun. This is harking back to the kind of chiclet of the 90s. This is women with their boutons and the men in their sharp suits. It's the Gillette ad gone on crack, you know, it's the complete opposite of everything we're supposed to enjoy. It's escapism. It is what it is. It's the story of Aurora Sinclair, um, who lives in Cornwall with her father. Her mother died giving birth to her on New Year's Eve years ago and they live in this beautiful country house. He, he was um, a director, a writer, a playwright. Um, now she's an upcoming actress. Um, oh, there's stepmothers, there's brothers-in-laws, there's parties, there's weddings in, on the Côte d'Azur or where was it? No, it was Venice. There, you know, mm. it's just completely bonkers, but so much fun. Yes. You know, it is what it is. Um, and if you want something to just totally switch off at the end of the day, you can't go wrong. Like It's, it's escapism. It you is. can take yeah. yourself there. Yeah, and not to be taken too seriously. It's switch off your little feminist voice for, for a few hours <laughs> and just sit back and relax. You know? And enjoy it. And this young lady grows up. Naturally, she wants to know who her mother is. There's just a portrait of the mum. That's mm. all she has. And she's beautiful the moment the portrait yeah and then she goes into this theatre acting world herself. herself yeah and it's all there's it's all misogynistic and yeah you know she just she wants to know about her mother nobody seems to want to tell her what what her mother was really like she was raised by her housekeeper so she's feeling a bit lost but then is embraced completely by her father's new wife Gloria and her sibling and her um, children that become Aurora's siblings yes. and uh, they have a fabulous relationship yeah, and, and they it's love wonderful. her and yeah. she becomes part of, of yeah. this big extended family now but there is a secret and oh, we're not going to tell you about no. it you there's have to get this book there's always a twist there's always a turn and it's brilliant and you won't leave it down when you pick it up it's called Echoes of Grace by Cara Bell. Mm -hmm. And finally, we come to our class again. Just before you talk about it, I'll remind listeners again, we have a brilliant book pack to give away, a gift pack we give away every time Margaret calls to late lunch with wonderful reading in it. Five books there. Would you like to win them? The Bridges of Madison County, the movie, 1995, starred Meryl Streep, nominated for an Oscar. Who was the male lead in the film? Who was the man who played opposite her? He's famous. What's his name? Get your answers in there. WhatsApp 086-1800-658. It's free, free, free. Or text to the same number, please, with your answer. Now, the Bridges of Madison County. We're going back to the book. 1992. Yeah, I know. I couldn't believe it. I went back and, and checked the date and it's the year I met my husband. Ah, so I went on to... You have links with all I, these books do, today, don't you? I do. I do my research a little bit, you know. I went back <laughs> oh, and had a look. So we're do. talking about the time of... Um, it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. 
Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ahohi resigning, you have Bishop Casey scandal, you have the X case, you know, this is putting it in context. This is when this came out. That was some year. Yeah. So I remember my mom was reading this book. Um, it's a tiny little book, very mm. thin. It's like a novella with a lovely cover of a bridge on the front. And she was lost in it. I couldn't get her to speak to me for days. I was like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm just reading. I'm just reading. And then she passed it on to all her sisters. She was one of seven and they all read it. And I said, what is going on here? This is just not like them. Um, so I grabbed it and read it on the bus on the way to work. I was working in the bank at the time and I was in floods of tears. I couldn't believe that such true love existed. Now here I am literally, I'm only what, 20 myself. So I'm like, oh my God, it it just struck such a chord. How can anybody love that much? And 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 the characters in it were older. They were, he was 52 and she was 45. Mm. Mm. And even today, you would say that if you pick up this book, yeah. taking you were 20 at the time <laughs> in 1992, in 2019, would a 20 year old, or would you need to be, a little more mature to, you know, pick this up again and enjoy it? I think if you can get a 20-year-old to pick up a book at all these days, it's <laughs> it's something, isn't it? Yeah. No, I think there are still people who love oh, stories. You're probably right, but yeah. it shouldn't be the case. They should be picking up books and reading them as well. The one thing I noticed about the reviews at the time, may I say this, yeah. it was received with five stars, you know, across the board. Yeah. But also there were a number of people, maybe it's a reflection of 1992, who, I'll just read one of them. Yeah, it said, ahead. sometimes I wish that negative stars were allowed. So this was someone that was wanted to give it a minus number of stars. Oh. This book deserves an anti-star because, uh, you know, the greatest story of all time, blah, 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 says the reviewer. I have a peeve with this. A love story shouldn't involve adultery. Oh, Lord. Was that Bishop Casey right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, first of all, I bet it was a man. Uh, second of all, well, I mean, come on. Jesus. <laughs> what can you say? You do this to wind me up, don't you? Um, oh, come on. No, it was just what it is. Yes, there was adultery in it. But the poor old woman, she was stuck in the middle of Iowa on her own. Yes. Um, she, you know, she had come over. She had met this handsome um, guy in, in Italy during World War Two. came home and stuck on a farm in Iowa. If a handsome photographer came along to me, <laughs> just, no, Margaret, no, just stop there. 
Stop there. <laughs> you, Sorry, Declan. And you down the wild to Cullen. Declan, 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 <laughs> pay attention here. Anyway, uh, but look, a, a lovely, small, I say, novella type of book uh, yep. and went on. I mentioned the movie there and asked the question about the movie to star two heavyweights of cinema. And it is regarded by an awful lot of people. The book, did you see the movie? I did. And do you know what's fascinating is that Steven Spielberg bought the rights to that movie three months after it was published. Really? Yeah. Um, and it sold 60 million copies. You know, so take that review. Get the phone number of that reviewer there. <laughs> yeah, I did see the movie. I thought it was excellent. I mean, two superb actors. It was hard to go wrong, wasn't it? Um, yes. I, I tried to watch it again re- uh, when I decided to pick this and it's not on Netflix and I, I, I couldn't go through my DVDs in the attic. I was too tired. <laughs> I have the full uh, Clint Eastwood collection of movies. I have all his movies yeah. in a set of DVDs. Well, what did Everyone, you think of it? And it's, I haven't watched it. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Is I it keep... because it's a love story you yeah, haven't I, I, watched? I think it put me off a little bit. He doesn't bit, have a gun in it. Is that what it is? <laughs> I gave it to Kira Courtney, who was producing here for a time with me. She's now uh, in News Talk. And uh, I say hello to Kira this afternoon and our wonderful family in RD. And Trevor the Cat. I better mention Trevor the Cat. I'd be remiss of me not to mention him. <laughs> but uh, I, Kira said to me once, we were talking about what's your favourite movie of all yeah. time? And she said, it's The Bridges of Madison County. So next day, I went to my big box set of Clint Eastwood took it out brought it in gave it to her she nearly fell off the oh. chair took it home where I don't know many times she said they watched it at home yeah. but she said thanks so much for, for, for loaning me the movie but there you go you yeah. know meat and poison people love it others don't that's what oh, life you is listen, about you're going to get that with every book absolutely, aren't you if you look at reviews absolutely. of Pride and Prejudice for example some people yes. say it's rubbish hello <laughs> hello is right <laughs> anyway you're a star we want to mention it again what a selection we've had today it'll be podcast afterwards you'll be able to listen back at any st- stage tell your friends if they've missed it but the book of the month Margaret Madden's this month is When All Is Said by Anne Griffin outstanding waxing lyrical I'd say again brilliant Uh, not out till next week but worth going in and pre-ordering if you can writing it down on a sticky note stick it on your fridge this book is going to be huge there you go anyway it's off to a flyer on Book Club with Margaret Madden for 2019 as always you're a star thank you so much The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Oh, shall we have you spoiled all together on late lunch this afternoon? Great books from Margaret Madden. And what else would you want with a great book but a nice wine? And who's the man to tell you what's what with wine? Yes, he's back for 2019 again. Rick Cronje, great to see you. You too, Jerry. Thanks very much. Not at all. You're very welcome to the show. Now, I just want to remind listeners, we've been going through the top 10 most popular grape varieties with you uh, for the last nine episodes of your wine feature. So we're at number 10 today, number the final 10. one. Did you leave the best wine to last? Oh, definitely, Jerry. Well, <laughs> certainly the most interesting, <laughs> put it that way, Jerry. What grape are we talking yeah. about today? Yeah, we're doing the Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, brilliant. Yes. And such a well-known grape and derivatives of it as well. Absolutely, Jerry. I think everybody will know Cabernet Sauvignon, not only on its own, but also to blend. Yes. You know, with the, a number of uh, varieties. I think what's interesting about it, and people might not know this, that it actually came about as an accident, as a cross between a Cabernet Franc and a Sauvignon Blanc in Bordeaux in France in the 17th century. So you're talking about a white wine and a white grape and a red grape? Yes. To produce this? To to produce this. That's That's interesting, isn't it? It's very, it's very interesting. And over this series, over the last five years, we've you know, I had various discussions about the the, the crossings and that, and uh, you know, but this, yeah, 
This that's, is exactly what happened. happened. Yeah. So back in the 17th century in yes. Bordeaux in France, and it's yes. fair to say now it's all over the world. It is, Jerry. And once we start talking about the characteristics, uh, uh, it's so versatile uh, in, in terms of growing it. And it's it's a hardy little boy, this mm. as well. You know, it's very resistant to pests and diseases. It's a small grape, uh, very thick-skinned, and the vine itself is very hardy. So, I mean, it grows as far north as Canada, which is something like 50 degrees north and then uh we've and we have one here today from uh, Mendoza in Argentina which is 20 degrees south so that just gives you a, an idea you know how versatile it is yes. uh to plant so yeah. obviously adaptable and it, it it adapts to its home wherever that may be and the climate and the terroir yes. terroir as well everything yes. um yes. the a typical Cabernet Sauvignon, it's always yeah. regarded as, as a full-bodied wine. Is, Correct. is that a fair comment? Yes, yeah? it is. It is. Um, most certainly it is, uh, Jerry. And it'll be fairly high in tannins as well. Mm. Um, and now we're talking the real Cabernet here and good acidity. And that combination in wine terms means it'll keep. You can store it. And I think listeners will be very familiar with Cabernet that uh, you keep for three, four, five years and longer. No problem. No problem. No problem. But there is a a, a trend now because we're impatient. We want to taste that wine. So there is a trend to bring that down. And when we get into how they, uh, you know, how they, they, they produce the Cabernet, how they make it, in yeah. other words, uh, very, very interesting, the different ways how they can reduce the age to store it. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Just before yes. you do, let's stay with climate for a moment. So let's start at the cooler climate. Yes. What can I expect, you know, to get off the bouquet or the taste of it from cooler climates? Yeah, in the cooler climates, you're probably looking for like a black currant, a slight flavour there, uh, a green bell pepper maybe. Yes. And a bit of mintiness sometimes you, you get that. Uh, in in the cooler, so the climate. Canadian boys would be like that. Yes, for sure. they would That's be. Definitely. They would be. Now, what about in, in 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 a moderate climate? Yeah, and there there you you start getting now. It's it's tending to go a bit more fruity. Now you're heading for the cherry, the black cherries now, and you still have that bit of cedar uh, uh, flavor in it mm. uh, as well. And know? when we head to Argentina or yeah. the warmth of Australia, South Africa, etc., it's it's jammy. Okay. Yeah, you can put it on your toast. <laughs> you can put it on your toast, Jerry. There you have it. Cabernet and toast in the mornings here. And they're on exactly. about all the food yesterday and what you can or can't eat. I don't think yeah. uh, that would do you too much harm. Lovely jammy flavours. And like that word jam is often associated with this grape Yes, as well, it is. Isn't it it yeah. is, uh, Jerry. And, and, and sometimes you also, which I'm... Uh, hopefully can demonstrate today with the two wines we have here is uh, and and when the wine ages it changes completely mm. again so it, it it comes back to what we said at at the beginning of that it's so uh, versatile so diverse uh, depending where you grow it and how you grow it and how you make the final product it's number 1 in the world in terms of yes. production it is by far 341,000 hectares all over the world and in just about every wine producing country you're going to find it. Yeah. Okay, now let's talk about this manipulation and yes. maceration. What does yes. maceration mean? Maceration in in layman's turn is when you put the husk, the skins in with the actual wine because remember 
red wine gets and rosé gets its colour from the skin. And maceration is when you put the skins in with the must, as we call it, and the must literally extracts it, leeches the colour and all the phenols from it, all the good stuff they told us, Jerry, we were supposed to look out for in red wines. <laughs> in fact, it's a human thing as well. If you leave your hand or your finger long enough in a... a quantity of water your skin will go white that's right that's, that's, right. that's so exactly that's what the comparison happens. that's what yes, happens here exactly and thereby extension the shorter or longer you leave it yes. that changes the wine ah uh, jerry uh, you, you're a very good student. <laughs> well, I'll you tell are. you one thing. <laughs> you are, Jerry. I, I wasn't in my time, but like with this, that was a simple equation there, Rick, I have yes. to say. No, yes, you're but that, that is 100% right, Jerry. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The longer the period is, the more you're extracting, the more you're leaching from it, so the more you're transferring into your actual wine. Absolutely right. So if you right. leave it short term, you'll have a sort of a lighter cabernet, and yes. then the longer it's bigger, bolder, heavier. Exactly. One 100% correct. That's an absolute spot on. Now, yep. when you talk about keeping it, I just want to come back again and, and yes. it comes to you in the bottle and you yes. buy it. If you see, say, let's say a 2016, 17 Cabernet at the minute, we're into yes. 2019, how long could you keep that for? Uh, anything, Jerry. I would say three years is normally no bother. What, uh, no bother at all. No bother at all. Although the style uh, is made for drinking in a shorter period of time, uh, certainly from the southern hemisphere, um, yes, you can keep it. I mean, there's there's cabernets that's forty, fifty, sixty years old. Yes. You know. Okay. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I'd say there's value in those. Talk oh, about an value. investment yes, in, yes, in wine yes, like yes. that. So, what about cabernet uh, to drink? And se- first of all, is it one you would drink alone, or is it? Generally, the rule is to pair it with some food. Absolutely, Jerry. Cabernet is a strong. It's a very bold wine it, it's a strong wine mm. um it, it, it's rare that you're going to find a cabernet that you you know you can be brave enough just to drink take it by itself yeah i i would always recommend food with it so yeah. then again let's come back then and do, use the three analogies yes. with a cabernet that's young that hasn't been macerated uh, for long yeah. and, and by the way how do you know this well, first of all, the age on the bottle will tell you okay. straight away. Right. I mean, we've got a 2017 year yes. and we've got a 2014. Okay. Now, when you see 2014 on the shelf, then you know that has been kept somewhere for a reason. Okay. You and know, the reason is to let that develop to, exactly, in the bottle. So it's exactly. simply to the year on the label yes. will tell you. Yes. And this is why, Jerry, we constantly remind people, check the label. Mm. I think I sent you two photographs. <laughs> you did. There, you know. <laughs> you did. And this is how easy uh, labels can be mixed up in, certainly in a supermarket setting, mm. you know. Mm. Um, yes, look at the label. Read the label. Cannot go wrong. If you see a 2014, you know that that is probably the right age to drink it now. You see a 2017, you can drink it now. But you can keep but it. You'd keep it. Yes. So let's say you open a 2017, a fairly yes. young Cabernet uh, Sauvignon. What yes. would you look at pairing that one with? I would go for grilled red meat. Really good with yes, that. Yes, because, because exactly what we were saying, that maceration period was so short on it. could be days that you can have all the strong flavors coming through there. Okay. And they might not have been 
as well settled. Whereas if you look at, say, the 2014, we're going to have totally different thing. Completely. It's completely. It's smoother. It's settled. Um, it's just had that time to do its thing. There. And what yes. does that match with, the 14? Yeah, that will be more like a, a roast lamb, I would put, go for it, or a bit of game, for instance, Lovely. you know. Um, uh, and in terms of cheeses, blue cheese will be too strong, I think. Mm. It'll just be too strong. Maybe a brie will, will settle I'm your I'm just thinking mozzarella. I have three woodcock hanging in the garage below at the moment. I'll be yes. taking the breasts out of them today or tomorrow. Yes. Cabernet? Yes, 2014. <sighs> You have it in one. My God (laughs) Almighty, I'm absolutely salivating here thinking about that. And in the middle, if you get one in the middle, say you're 14, 17, say you get a middle-range Cabernet, is there a change in the food pair there? Yeah, it will probably be more or less the same. It just depends, again, if if, if it's, let's say, from France, um, are they more like vegetable, mushroom type would go there because of the soils there. You know, there'll be more gravel there. Okay. So, again, you know... Experience, folks. You've got to have the experience to go with it. But we're learning. We're learning. And we're going to learn more after the break because yes. we have two Cabernets here. Argentina 2014, uh, Australia, uh, Australia, Australia 2014, 2014, and Argentina 2017. We're going to have a little sip after the break. Rick is with us. Don't go anywhere. Rick Cronje is with us on late lunch. It's Cabernet Sauvignon this afternoon. We're talking about. Okay, what's up first? Till I have a wee yes, sip. What we have here, Jerry. The first one is from uh, Mendoza province in. Uh, Argentina. It's a 2017. Now, both of them are 100% Cabernet uh, Sauvignon. Los Cados. And you can get it from Tesco at 12 euro. It's beautiful. Yes. It's actually beautiful. It has that jamminess you spoke about, hasn't exactly. it? Exactly. It does. And now it just coats the, the yes. tongue, the aftertaste. Yes. Yeah. Now you can feel it. Oh, it's for a sure. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> you wouldn't walk too far on your own with this one, no, no Jerry. No. Um, but it's very young. You know it's young. You got that touch of dryness on the mouth yeah. uh, 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 for it. And that's why I say uh, on its own, always the first glass, just to appreciate the wine yes. for what it is. Yes. Uh, I would be reluctant to drink it. Now, what I'm saying is, that's my type of Cabernet, you know, on the younger side, on the slightly younger side. And I say that jam, and I know the next one is probably going to be solid, solid jam when I get to that. But I just get that. That's me. You know what I mean? Lovely and fresh for a Cabernet, you know, for something that's so bold, you know. Again, it's a southern hemisphere, you know, so they have the temperatures exactly what we were saying. Yes. And uh, lovely. I, I definitely, it's... It's, yeah. it's a beauty, Rick. It, it is. It really it, is a beauty. It is. And Argentinian wines, they're right up there, aren't they? They, they are. They are, uh, Jerry. You know, and we probably, everybody thinks Malbec when you mention uh, Argentina. But uh, again, it's it's a wine I would recommend that when you open it, put it in the glass, leave it for five or ten minutes and then enjoy it. So let it breathe a little. Let it breathe a bit because it, it is young, you know. Uh, could I do a little cheese with that? Maybe not too strong a cheese. No. It, uh, yes, you could, Jerry. I, I would. This is coming back to the brie there. Uh, maybe yeah. a bit of cheddar. Okay. I wouldn't go stronger than that. Mm. Uh, mild and less. Three and down to number one. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I wouldn't go a bit higher than that. Okay. I'm with yeah. you all the way on that one. Yes, so that's... Yes. Just uh, tell us what that is again. Yes. Los Cardos. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon 2017. Mendoza, Argentina, Tesco, 
12 euro very good price i must tell you for that. sure for yes. that for that particular for a cabernet bottle there. yes okay so yes. that's 2017 so now you're going to bring us back four yes. years and further south in the world to yes. australia to australia Go in off to uh, Kunawara in Australia, South Australia there. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon 2014. Now, again, listeners, when you, if you're looking for this bottle, there's a 2015 on the shelf, and I have a picture where you've got these two together, and it's very easy to, you know, uh, Mix mistake them up. there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you prefer, have you, have you tried the 15? Is the 14 I, I, a better vintage? i tell you why I went for the 14, Jerry, because three years what we spoke about earlier give it a good three years you know yes um uh, 2018 i i was happier with the 2014 okay yeah okay i haven't tried the 2015 2014 okay that's what i so let's have a little sip uh, yes. just a tiny little sip of this one here let's see what i make of this color just as a comparison i know it's two very different years much darker darker uh, color. deeper yeah towards the yeah. purple end of the exactly black end of the spectrum yes. here yes very much so. Well, on the nose straight away, there's such yes. a difference between both of them, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. They're like different grapes or yes. different wines nearly. Absolutely. And this is a Tesco finest range, by the way, uh, that, that, oh, that brought out. Talk Brilliant. about jam. Yes. That's a jam tart there, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What a yeah. difference in that. Yes, Oh, God, yeah. I have to change my mind. I love the last one. <laughs> I've fallen deeply, yeah. madly. I'm having an affair with this one, to be honest with you. It's that nice. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It's, it's a lot smoother. It's, you know, it's settled. It's got a bit of oak on it as well. You know, it, it's just totally different. Oh, man, oh, And yet man. the same grape. Isn't you know? that? But, yeah. but that's the joy and the beauty of this and what we love yes. about it and what you bring to us as well. Yeah. It's such enjoyment, isn't it, to oh, taste the difference. Jerry. Yeah, absolutely. Travel around the world with this from your own sitting room. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. But that's yeah. what you can do. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think that would certainly go. I'm going to say yeah. this now. With Margaret Madden's Book of the Month, When All is Said by Anne Griffin. Book of the Month, Wine of the Month for sure. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful, Rick. Yeah. That oh, is stunner. Beautiful. I it really is. enjoyed that. Really, What really will that set that, you yeah. back, that Cabernet oh, That's Sauvignon. 15 euro. And it's the finest range in Tesco. Yeah, Tesco finest. 2014, folks. 2014. You generally find, I, I say that across the board, when they do put that finest label yes. to things, it's a fair recommendation it as is, well, Jerry. isn't it? Have it you is. found that from a it wine is. point of Absolutely, view? Absolutely, Jerry. Mm. Absolutely. It's the same with the other supermarkets, your, your Littles and your LDs. Um, you know, it, 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 once they put that label on, you almost guarantee, well, you are guaranteed it's going to be quality. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, you know, uh, you can go to the opposite side of the aisle and get a bottle for four or five euro, but not with that label on it. No, you know, it's a trademark for them now. Jim. Yes, yes, it's a trademark. Again, with that, would you decant it? Would you open it a little while? What I, would be again, your you know, um, uh, personally, I like to just put it in the glass and just leave it. You know, of course, you can decant it, but then you need more space on the table and you need to clean something else again. Just put it in the glass and hopefully they have the patience to leave it for 10 minutes. <laughs> it just happens quicker, Jerry. Okay. That's what I'm now saying. Now, that 2014, we're coming into the fifth year now since, since yes. then. Yes. This is drinking time with this now. You wouldn't Peak. be thinking of holding that no. beyond. No. 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 And, 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 and that is why I took my time to select these two, Jerry, because you get 
getting one for 12, one for 15. Mm. It's only three euro difference, mm. you know. Mm. You couldn't park your car in town for that, <laughs> exactly. you know. But the quality in the wine, you know, yeah. and the options it gives you now, mm. you know. I noticed with mo- both bottles, just before we finish here, yes. they're both screw caps. Yes, they are. Yes, they are, Jerry. Uh, I love the sound of a cork. But when it comes to quality and ease of use, you know, you can't beat the screw mm. cap. And you'll never get a corked wine, I take it. Well, there's no, no cork in it, number one. But the seal on the screw uh, never, cap is 100%. 100%. The rejection rate on that is virtually zero. Mm. Whereas corks, uh, there's some uh, places where they've had 17% defects in it yeah okay you know yeah yeah so this and, is the way and, of the world and, this yeah. is the way it's going you, do you see this in yeah. the future even though some corks will remain and wineries yes, will cork will. of course of course they would but is, they would. Is, is the screw cap now really well we, we always we the wine industry actually started with screw cap and then we went cork way you know right. uh, because it it was just the thing then you know yeah. it was a style and and it, it just looked so you know la-di-da but uh, it does have its problems, and we all know that once a cork is out, well, you now have to find another way of, of keeping the air out <laughs> of the it bottle. back in. Yeah. What a conundrum that is. Yeah, and oh, the screw cap saves that, my God. It does. We, it does. we, we are happy it with does, that. Jerry, okay, yeah. just to say again, Rick has been talking about the Cabernet Sauvignon grape this afternoon and all its derivatives. He's brought us two bottles of wine again, one from uh, Argentina, which yes. is, again, just to mention uh, the, once more, Rick. The Los Cados. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon 2017, 12 euro. And the uh, second one is Tesco Finest Kunawara Cabernet Sauvignon 2014 for 15. There you go. They're the two bottles uh, from Rick this month on Late Lunch Wine Feature. Thank you so much. It's really great to have you. And your young son is with you here today. We better say hello to Jamie, isn't it? It's Jamie, yes. He's over he's from me, London yeah. on a break and he's with his dad in the studio today. And Lovely to meet you, Jamie. It's great that you're here with us this afternoon. Wish you well. Rick, thanks a million. We'll see you in Next the spring month. month, February. We will be Thanks back, a million. Jerry. Thanks very much. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Friday afternoon. Now, Book Club, earlier on with Margaret Madden, we have a beautiful gift pack of books to give away to one of you in Late Lunch land this afternoon. What have I got here? I have By Royal Appointment by Andrew O'Connor. It's absolutely brilliant. Truth and Dare, Martina Devlin. Heroic Failure, Brexit and the Politics of Pain, Fintan O'Toole. Rory Stories is there as well. And there's another one, The Liar's Girl by Catherine Ryan Howard. There for somebody this afternoon. I'll tell you who they're for. They're from Madeleine Blake. Well done to you, Madeleine from Navin. You win that book uh, pack today from Book Club. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements. The answer we were looking for, the name, Clint Eastwood, played opposite the wonderful Merle Streep in the movie The Bridges of Madison County. The book was Margaret's classic on Book Club this afternoon. So well done to you, Madeleine. Thanks to everybody who entered on WhatsApp and text. We really do appreciate it. Enjoy those books, Madeleine. I know you will. I have another little giveaway for you. Yes, Tommy Fleming is bringing his latest Voice of Hope 2 tour to the Knightsbrook Hotel in Trim on Sunday week, the 27th of January. There are a limited number of tickets still available. You can get them from the hotel, the Knightsbrook itself, or ticketmaster.ie. I have a pair of tickets for Sunday week for Tommy. Oh, he's brilliant. Simply brilliant in concert. And this new show is outstanding. It's been reviewed 
massively all over the place. Would you like to go along and see Tommy and win a copy of, of his latest Voice of Hope 2 CD or DVD? Here's the question. Tommy sings a version of a classic song. It's called The West's What? The West's What? A classic song that Tommy sings. I'm looking for the third word in the title. The West something. What is the word I'm looking for? Get WhatsApping or texting now straight away to 086-1800-658 and we'll pick somebody for those pair of tickets before the end of the show. Dermot was on to us. We were talking about Laurel and Hardy at the top of the show. Oh, my God. Fond memories indeed. Dermot remembers about 30 years ago in the commercial club in Dundalk where people came to play snooker and have a few drinks. On a Tuesday night at 10 past 11, everyone in the club would stop everything and watch Laurel and Hardy on the TV for half an hour. My God, memories, memories. Thanks indeed, Dermot, for getting in touch with us on that one. Ben's been on to say he has that movie we were talking about uh, to the chairman of the fan club here in Ireland. OK, and that movie there, what was it, the one that he mentioned? Um, let me see. I have it here somewhere. I'll get it for you now in a second. Oh, yes, I have it here beside me here. Um, the Sons of the Desert. Dead, uh, ben was telling us, Sons of the Desert. He has that one and it's a mighty film altogether. Thanks indeed, Ben, for getting in touch with us. And what else have I to say to you this uh, time on the show? Oh, yes, I'll tell you what I want to say to you. Uh, uh, Louise, are you there? She is there. Of course, she's always there. She's with me always and will be with me always from next week. Um, Louise, um, I wanted to ask you this question. Prince Philip, you saw he was in a car accident yesterday. I did. God almighty, he toppled the blimmin' car over if you saw the picture. He did, it I doesn't believe. look what Oh no, not, not the best at all. He's 97 years of age and they got him out through, the, I think, the sunroof they were saying of the car. I know you can imagine for getting out in the full of your health. And he got out unscathed fine, as well. Yeah. He seems to Just be shocked. fine. Question, question I'll put. I'll ask you and throw it out there to the listeners as well. What age is it safe to actually drive until? What do you think about that? I think you should be able to drive as long as you can see and hear. Okay, that you have if your if you have your faculties. faculties that you've good sight and your hearing is okay, you're all right to drive. You think, no matter what age you are. Well, look, at, you could be twenty, and have you ever seen me drive? <laughs> <laughs> I have. Well, there you go. And I've seen you park as well. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as you age, it does become a little more difficult. And, and I think as people age, they they slow down a bit. People drive a bit slower. Is that, do you think that's a problem, you know, with driving a little more yeah, slowly? It, people say it's safer to drive slower, but at times it puts pressure on the person driving behind and maybe mm. gets them to make silly mistakes when they're frustrated and want to overtake. Yes. It, it, you know, I, and I know I have to say, you what know, do you you, think? you're better airing on the slow side than ripping the road over and trying to stop a car when you're going too fast. That, that has mm-hmm. to be said as well. Yeah, I suppose what I think about it um, really is, and I talked to Desi Quinn, I'm sure, about this before a few years ago, a, a driving instructor himself and still driving uh, today on the road. We must get a hold of him if we can next week. Um once your sound of sight and vision and, uh, you know, hearing, etc., I think you're right. I think you have to be tested, do you, each year now to drive as you advance in years? I think so, for eyesight. For it? eyesight, is yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's fine. But there probably comes a time when 
it's not the safest. And I'd say for people who have to give up driving, it must be an awful loss of independence. Yeah, I was going to say that because as you get older, there's yeah. certain things you can't do and that must be terrible. Mm, it, it, it really Just is. to rely on others then. Yeah, I wonder, you know, what people think about that listening to us today. Are you out there? Are you a senior driver? Are you driving at an age, at a good age? If you are, we'd love to hear from you. And is it costly? I mean, we were talking about insurance ah, before. That's the other thing. Is insurance expensive as you move on in years as well? What about that one? You can call in on 1850-715-958 if you are somebody that's driving of an age and getting on fine and uh, not a bother to you. 1850-715-958 or 086-1800-658, the usual text WhatsApp numbers. Um, you know, it happened yesterday and thank God he's well. Uh, I believe he was breathalyzed. Did you hear this after the... No, I didn't hear that. I heard someone that they breathalyzed him. Any after, results? After. No results yet. Okay. We must put a call into the Queen and see <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> we have somebody we know over there. High places. We do. We have a link. I have to tell you that. We have a little link over there for sure. Anyway, Fred Cook is on Dancing with the Stars on Sunday. He needs your votes. He's the Kells comedian. He's representing the North East this year. So just give a big shout out to Fred. Good luck the weekend. Hope you get through to the following week and pick up the phone or go online and vote for Fred. Keep him in there. He needs your votes this weekend in Dancing with the Stars. And we will be talking to him and on. I don't know where he's gone at the moment. He must be deep in practice at this time. I want to tell you the answer I was looking for is awake. The West's awake. Tommy Fleming sings it brilliantly. A pair of tickets this afternoon to Tommy Fleming is going to Ernest McBride. Well done to you, Ernest. Those tickets for the concert on the 27th of January at the Knightsbrook are yours and a DVD or CD as well. On the line with me now is Paul Gallagher from Birdwatch Ireland. Meet the vision. Hello, Paul. Hi, Jerry. How are things? Oh, very good. Thanks for taking our call this afternoon. Why have you guys in the Royal County designated this year from your perspective as the Year of the Farmer? So um, in previous years, we've um, had um, uh, birds as sort of highlighting the importance of a particular species of bird in our ecosystem, particularly in Mead. I think 2016 um was the year of the Yellowhammer, or sorry, 2017 was the year of the Yellowhammer, 2018 then was the year of the Swift. And then um, with the um, recent sort of uh, stories around um, farming and the Heritage Bill in, in 2018, we decided to make 2019 the year of the farmer to highlight the integral role that they play in our environment and uh, look at sort of uh, having some outings on um, farms that are, um, you know, actually acting out environmental initiatives and to highlight the importance of this uh, to local people in the area. So farmers in me, they're engaging with you guys and they're looking at habitat and hedge cutting and different things like this and trying to create environments on their farms to facilitate our feathered friends. Is that it, basically? That's it, yeah. And we've, uh, we're, we're interested in any farmers who, who would be open to such events taking place in their farms or even just for us to, um, you know, hear about some of their environmental initiatives. Um, that You know, we're, we're very much open to that. I've been out in the highways and byways in the last week or so and there's a lot of hedge cutting going on. Yes, I mean, the um, the uh, other message we're trying to get out to as well to farmers is to maintain the um, existing um, dates for hedge cutting. Uh, this alone would actually help um, a lot of our bird species, particularly the yellowhammer, which um, is known to be a late nester nesting into late September. 
um, which is uh, something that the um, the latest changes to the heritage um, bill uh, simply ignore. Um, so all we would ask really is uh, for farmers to maintain the existing dates and that alone would be doing a, a massive amount of um, help to our environment, especially some of our red-listed uh, birds like the, the yellowhammer. So get the uh, hedge cutting, and they are. The farmers are very good. They're out at the moment doing it. Get it done early. Then the birds come in when the ditches start to sprout, uh, be they cut back, and the nesting sites are there for them. And you'd like to see them leave the, the second cutting later on, yes? Yes, that's it, yeah. And, um, you know, with the recent weather... Um, the, the, the recent unusual weather that we've been having, everything is just all over the place at the moment. So uh, on top of all the existing pressures that are currently pressing on our um, you know, native flowers and fauna and bird species and bees, um, you know, to have this extra pressure to um, you know, uh, nest quickly and get out of the way um, is just not something that's uh, possible in the current environment. So, uh, you know, just to, to hold off um, as long as they can um, and uh, to maintain the existing dates would be would be also uh, very helpful. But really, um, the the idea behind making 2019 the year of the farmer is really just to highlight other aspects where uh, farmers have uh, made uh, very strong efforts to, you know, do that bit more for the environment. And uh, we want to point out the positive as opposed to um, the negative. Well, I'm with you all the way on this one. Tell our listeners today to find out more about Birdwatch Ireland Meath. Where? So you can go on to our uh, Twitter uh, Twitter page at Birdwatch Meath and also on onto our Facebook page as well, uh, Birdwatch Ireland Meath. Um, and we also have a blog, uh, Birdwatch Ireland blog, um, me, a Birdwatch Ireland Mead blog one. Uh, dot com. So uh, there's numerous resources where you can find us just by simply typing in Birdwatch Ireland Mead. You'll get most of those coming up. Wish you well. Thank you for taking the call today. Thank you very much, Jerry. Not at all. You're very welcome there. That's Paul Gallagher, Media and Events uh, Coordinator with uh, Birdwatch Ireland in Mead. I have them. We've managed to get them just before we finished. Fred Cook, afternoon. So great to hear from you, Jerry. Sorry for the delay. Uh, not at all. I'm sure you're busy there getting ready for the, the big dance at the weekend. How's it going? How is the practice for this vital uh, dance I'm, I'm coming up? I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'm leaving to Charleston this Sunday night. And it is this week someone's getting eliminated. And I hope to God it's not me. So that's why I'm so delighted to be on this show again. Because, uh, you know, it's the me's vote, uh, which uh, would get me, might get my head out of water. Like So it's... Uh, you know, I can't. I can't even afford to go home. I don't even have enough money for the two toll bridges. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, tell us how much are you putting in? How much time to this with your lovely partner I, Julia Dotta? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say I do around six hours a day of intense dancing, and you'll see it. You'll, you'll see. Like I, I was very happy with my dance two weeks ago, but yep. this is probably more in the this dance uh, exhibits more technique. Okay, I'll tell you one you know, thing. My crew at home said Fred was great, but who dressed him? <laughs> Who's responsible for that? Know, yeah. It was just too much sparkle. Oh, too much line, sparkle. Isn't there, yeah. sparkle too much. What about this week? We won't be blown out of it visually, will we, with the sparkle this weekend? No, you won't, but it'll still be very... Uh, I, I guess 
my only uh, example would be it's very Super Mario like <laughs> that's, that's what it's like <laughs> <laughs> and he'll come at you like Super Mario as well so this week just again to tell our listeners in the North East he is our man on Dancing with the Stars this year we got Deirdre all the way to the final Deirdre O'Kane last year and we want to get behind Fred this year and get him as far as possible how do they vote for you remind them again when lines are open, you need to text Fred to 53125. 53125. When lines are open. Text Fred. Well, that is very simple. 53125. Yeah. Text Fred and get texting. And they can't do that until the lines open, isn't it? After the dancing. Exactly, yeah. No good doing that today. You'll be wasting your money, folks. Not at all. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do it on Sunday when it's needed. So how are you feeling when you look at the opposition and uh, because there's been a fortnight since you danced, the ladies danced yeah. last week. What's your gut telling you? Are you going to do this? Come on, are you going to oh, get absolutely. through? absolutely. I do, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, you know, you, I, I, I think you can never be too confident with these things, but uh, I'm very happy with my dance. Great. You know, uh, I like, it's always good to have something to prove coming into something at times. And I definitely have a lot to prove to these judges compared from the, from what they said two weeks ago. I know, so and I'm, I, I'm, I read some of the comments and I could actually put my fist through the television when I heard a few of them. I'll tell you oh, that yeah, yeah. For, for sure. But do you know one thing I took from it as well? And this came through all the way, that you have natural rhythm. Yeah, yeah. So Fred, and come on. Uh, I'm telling you, Jerry, I have it this Sunday night. Mm, mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great dance. It's a fun dance. It suits me. Yeah. It's a, for everything that, uh, for Brian, the judge, give out about, it's, it's meant to have everything in this dance. Okay, so you're confident yeah. that in this particular dance, on this Sunday, it will really show you in your best light with Julia. Absolutely, yeah. Great, yeah. that's so, what we want to hear. How is she, what's she like as a professional partner? Oh, she's great. She's lovely. Do you know what I mean? You need that because at times my attention span isn't great. Yeah. So you, need, you need a lot of patience uh, with me and uh, she, she's got an abundance of that. And uh, she's very meticulous. Uh, you know, like uh, the Charleston, it's a, it's a happy dance, but at the same time, uh, you know, everything needs to be looked after. Each move needs to be separated from the next. Yes. So, uh, so she's a real kind of, she's a bit OCD when it comes to that, but I, I need that myself. Absolutely. So between now and Sunday, what's the plan? Six more hours and six more hours yeah. and six more? We're, we're, we're into a dress rehearsal tomorrow. Right. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then the show on Sunday night. Okay, well, listen, I'm glad we got you because I know you're busy there and we just managed to hook on to you. I gave you a shout out earlier on, but we're going to push this across the LMFM social media for you, Fred, as well. 53125. 53125. 53125. Text Fred to that number on Sunday and let's get this man over the line and into the following week. Best of luck to you. Jerry, thank you so much. You're Which very welcome. Guys. Nice to talk to you. Take care, Fred. Awesome. That's Fred Cook there from Kells, our man in Dancing with the Stars. Anyway, that's a lot on Late Lunch for another week. Big thank you to uh, Louise Walsh, to Ross, who was with me during the week as well, and Sinead Brazel, to our guests and your listeners. Eddie's up next with The Drive. Have a lovely weekend. See you Monday. Have one. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.